This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. Place to be nation. Welcome back to a wonderful new episode. I guess you would say, yeah. Everybody makes fun of when I say that. Don't care. Um, and a wonderful <laughs> new addition to what has been a fantastic. Uh, I think I think we're we're a year solid here, are we? We're a little over a year. We're a year solid, um, and that that. Ladies and gentlemen, is the voice of my lovely co-host, and we are Miranda and Bianca, and this is Bells with Books. How you Hello. Bianca? I'm good. I had a little slight, I'll say slight, medical procedure earlier this week, mm-hmm. and your girl does not do needles or scalpels or anything related to... Scared the crap out of me. Anything related to the medical profession, I am not about that life. There's a reason I work with books. Um, right. And in this very, very, very slight medical procedure, I fainted. <laughs> I scared everybody and their mother. So you were like, I'm just glad to be here. No, 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 no. But let me let me tell the, the ladies and gentlemen out there how how you scared me because she comes in chat with our other best friend Susan. Hey Susan. And hey, Susan. She, she comes comes in group chat with with our other best friend our little tri friend group we have here and she's like um so don't don't worry i'm okay i'll i'll explain it all later but just so you guys know i may have passed out at the doctor's office today and i'm like excuse me what (laughs) it's like the most nonchalant like Hey, hey. <laughs> I don't they had to numb you. me. And as soon as she yeah. stuck me with the numbing needle, I immediately had ringing in my ears. I saw stars and I was out. And then I was being shook and awake, handed a glass of water. They were like, Are you okay? And I was like, I'm And you're fine. like, I guess. What? I don't know what I'm Because <laughs> when you pass out, you don't know that you've passed out. So you're yeah, like, no. When the person, like, when they bring you to or like try to get you up, they're always like, Are you okay? And you're like, What are you talking about? <laughs> so my father-in-law did this a few weeks ago as well well it's been about a month or so ago he did the same thing also just routine medical um it wasn't even procedure it was like just routine medical checkup and apparently he when he stood up off of the doctor's like table he like face planted passed out on the floor and so when they got him to they were because of his age and his health conditions they were like okay we, we're going to transport you to the er and he was like arguing with them and like refusing so my mother-in-law was like hey I'm calling Miranda. He's like, I'm getting in the ambulance. <laughs> because you will yell ferociously <laughs> over the know. phone. <laughs> I, I just have this. Um, all my all my friends I play D and D with. Um, I, I just have this mom voice that I have been told uh, makes people do what they're supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> I've had it my whole life too, so I. I don't know. <laughs> well, you, Miranda, but, you have yeah. like completely just uprooted your life over there in Europe. I have, I have, I have. Um, so if we have sound issues, I apologize. And I think I say this every now and then. Um, but what is exciting about uprooting my life is I am actually going to go back to having 
a podcasting studio. Yay! Um, I will no longer have to podcast from my living slash dining room. Um, but temporarily, I am in my son's um, homeschool room. And there's literally like two pieces of furniture in here right now um, because the movers just dropped off our stuff this week. Um, so we uprooted our life and we moved from Germany to Czech Republic. What's funny though, is it it's Czech literally... Republic or Czechia? So Czechia is correct. Remember the conversation you and Susan and I had about like um, how countries have different names. So like in English, you would say Czech Republic. Yeah. And to the whole like rest of the world, you would say Czechia. Okay. So they're both correct. Um, oh, okay. You'll see. Yeah, you'll see both spellings done. Um, but yeah. So and what's funny is you look at it and it's so odd as an American because I only moved four and a half hours away from where I was living. You basically just moved states. Right. I mean, I moved from the bottom of the state to the top, basically. <laughs> <laughs> you went from Mobile to Huntsville. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, but now I moved four and a half hours away. I am about an hour and 30 minutes outside of Prague. I'm in this little corner of the world where I'm like an hour and 30 minutes away from Prague, but I'm also two hours away from either Vienna in Austria or Bratislava in um, Slovakia. So I am not complaining. I, I genuinely, as a child, like not to get sappy, but like <clears throat> I didn't leave the U.S. until I was an adult, a full-fledged adult. Um, and it was only because my husband had taken an overseas job and I was going to visit to see if where he was at was going to work for us to um, to live, basically, as a family. Um, so I had I'd never left the U.S. Um, it was not something I ever thought that I could afford to do. It was not ever something. And honestly, once you get here, the affordability is just it's actually cheaper. <laughs> like it really is. Um, so like, it's not surprise me in the least bit. No, I mean, um, and I could like give examples later if anyone is interested, but like uh, affordability is like fantastic. Um, like my entire house with all my utilities and stuff. Cause I just got, it sounds like I'm bragging or being, I'm not, I apologize, but like to explain it, um, the house that we are now in is significantly larger than what we were in in Germany um, and even larger uh, in a lot of ways, rooms wise, than what we had in America. And it is cheaper than both. Once again, does not surprise me. <laughs> does not. Yeah. No. I can't wait for you to uh, eventually. We've talked about it off and on about you guys coming over to Europe. Uh, so when that when that can happen, I can't wait. Because you're going to be like, wait, that's all dinner cost me? What? <laughs> you're just, your yes. ulterior motive here is to get me and Brad to move to Europe. That's, I see your yeah. plan. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you can be my neighbor and Widget can bark at babe through the fence. It'd be great. I mean, <laughs> not really, but. I mean, you being next door would be great. But Widget and babe being like. Not so much. Not so much. But yeah. No, but it's fantastic. Is, I did. I uprooted my life, but um, my books made it. My books made it. And that is like top five priority. We're here. I I know. Um, so it was really funny. I was packing things in the back of my car that the movers couldn't take, or that I was like being extra protective for, 
And um, one of my good friends was helping me pack and he looked at me and he goes, why don't you just give the bag of books to the movers? And I was like, why don't you just put them in my car like I asked you to? (laughs) I know they're safe here. He was like, oh, my God. (laughs) I appreciate it. I understand. Yeah. And I just got a bunch of new ones for free. So I was like, no, can you? Protect them, please. Put them right here. Like. Well, now that you have our news, we will now mm-hmm. give y'all book news and some social book media news, updates. Book news. Book, book, um, book, first book, and book foremost, news. I finally read Fourth Wings. What? It was so good. I loved it. I gave it five stars. Thank even yes. Um, even though it does have a few, uh, like we we call Bianca Nono scenes. Yeah. And it's not without <laughs> problems either. Like, but it's just a good story. It's fun. Like mm-hmm. it's not life changing literature. It's just a fun no. adventure fantasy story. And I'm, oh, I'm so glad you brought that up though, <clears throat> because I, I feel, and this is just my personal opinion. I feel a lot of the TikTokers that are like, showing a cop or where they're like books I would never read. Um, and they show like fourth wing or, you know, some of the others. I want to be like, you do know, this is not supposed to be like Shakespeare, hardcore literature. It's supposed to be just fun, right? Like it doesn't make you less, um, educated. It doesn't make you less read. Well read. Yeah. What's the, okay. It doesn't make you less well read. It doesn't make you uneducated. If you say, read fourth wing and really liked it i mean and if you read it and you didn't like it like that doesn't make you i don't know I, i'm really glad you said that because i just i come across people that were like i would never read that or like kind of like what discussion we had a few months ago i think about hype books we just kind of discussed like do you read them because they're hype or do you read them because you're interested or do you say because it is a hype book fourth wing was a hype book um for it sure. was like I it, knew nothing about it until it deserved uh, the hype in my opinion though. I it was agree. good. I think I think she did a good job. Um do you want to give uh, because I think your um specula- speculation slash analysis, which is definitely a spoiler for anybody who, who has not read it yet, but I think yours is pretty <clears throat> chef's kiss. Would you like Thanks. to give Yeah, I, I think it is. It's fantastic. It's a fantastic summary. Uh, so if you haven't read Fourth Wing and you want to, kind of skip ahead because I want Bianca to tell everybody her like speculations for the new book Iron Flame, which actually comes out in just a few weeks, I believe. It comes out November seventh, and yep. this isn't necessarily what I think is going to happen in the second book. I think this is what's just going to over overarching plot for the whole series. Right. Like I think it it's going to be five books. I think we determined that That's in the what? group chat. Yeah, we have a uh, we have a uh, fourth wing group chat. I learned new things. I met new friends. Hey, everybody! <laughs> <laughs> and I did not know this until was it Brittany or either Brittany Kathy? or Kelly? Brittany or Kelly? One, I apologize. Um, was like, oh yeah, uh, we were talking about the relationship and how quickly it happened in book one. And she's like, so something is up because there's five books. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa! Like my mind was blown, blown. Ugh. Words are hard. My mind was blown because I genuinely somewhere in all the news and I follow the author and everything, but I missed 
this was going to be five books. In my brain, I thought this was a trilogy. I really did. I don't know why I thought that, but thought it because was a trilogy. Because I think trilogies are the most popular thing to do. So, it's like, well, I mean, it's, right. it's common. Modern day fantasy, or it does seem to be like duologies or trilogies. Um, like, I kind of feel like gone are the days of like uh, some of those fantasy series you know they'd be like 11 12 13 books long yeah like, I don't think that's as prevalent anymore so yeah my mind was blown when she said five books um so if you didn't know that hi we're good friends because I didn't know that <laughs> um but I think she's also correct to add to what you're about to tell everyone I also agree now that I know that it's five books having such an in-depth romantic relationship happen so fast in book one Unless she was putting it there for the sake of having spice, which I mean, okay, that's valid, fine. very, very valid. Um, but no, my that, no, my mm. predictions is that the main character, Violet, mm-hmm. um, well, no, let me back up. I think Dane is going to end up killing Zayden, and then I think Violet is going to kill Dane out of like rage, basically, but. Right. If Zayden dies, Violet may die. I say may because Violet has two dragons. So she mm-hmm. has a chance of surviving in right. my brain. Um, but yeah, if Zayden dies, then of course his dragon, Sigil, I never learned how to pronounce her name. <clears throat> it's like Sigil or Sigal or something like that. But uh, obviously, if he dies, Sigil dies. And mm-hmm. then, uh, what's his name? Big old dragon? Starts with a T. I just read this, but I cannot remember it. Anyways, I do this all the time too. It's her dragon, um, right? Yeah. First with a T. Why Hang can on. I not keep? It? As I say, keep. But anyways, going he's gonna die. But since Violet has uh, the other, the golden dragon, mm-hmm. I think that she is going to survive this. Okay. I think we'll get close to like a Hunger Games type scenario where. I agree. Um, Violet's not going to come out of this the same person. Like how the oh, end absolutely. of Hunger Games. I think she's uh, already a different person. Well, if you remember at the end of Hunger Games. Um, crap, now I'm blanking on her name. Katniss. <laughs> Who did Jennifer Lawrence play? <laughs> Katniss. Katniss Everdeen. <laughs> um, if you remember at the end of Hunger Games, Katniss was basically just kind of catatonic. And life was just kind of happening around her. Like she wasn't an active participant in life anymore. I have a mm-hmm. feeling that's where we're going with this. <clears throat> so, but like I said, it's a fun read. I recommend it. So absolutely. now that we've, we have stopped the spoilers now. You may come back yeah. to the podcast if you have not read it. I will say this for a few more seconds. We have stopped with the spoilers. Okay. But yeah, so the second book, Iron Flame, comes out Mm -hmm. November 7th, just in a couple of weeks. Um, My local Barnes & Noble is actually having a midnight release party. I will not be there because I have work the next day. But um, they also have... Oh, consumers fantastic. So is coffee. I will... At the release party, they're also going to have a... uh, special edition of fourth wing and i've seen the cover for it it looks really pretty 
I have yet again ordered the German copy of Fourth uh, of uh, Iron Flame. Uh, I promised you guys in group chat once I find the book, and I think I, I think I found the box that it's in today. I actually ordered the German copy of Fourth Wing because initially, if you remember, it was like extremely hard to to find, especially when it blew up like it did because. We talked about yeah, they this ran out. On the, well, and we talked about on a prior podcast, apparently the sprayed edges and stuff like nobody really knew, like no offense to author. She probably had people that were like, oh, she's my favorite because I have people, authors that I'm like, she's my favorite. And I could talk about them all day long. But people are like, I've never heard of her. And it's OK. But I had never heard of Rebecca Yaros until all of this came out. But apparently yeah. the sprayed edges thing was something that her and her publisher did, not knowing that it would go like. Um, so they ran out of the sprayed edges ones. And it just so happened that like the German ones are beautiful. They have sprayed edges and this gorgeous like cover behind the flap. And then they have um, a map in the front and the back. And I was like, if I can't get my hands on a physical copy of Fourth Wing, that's gorgeous because I want this to collect because you know I'm not usually a hardback girly um I want this for my collection what better than to buy it from the current a country I'm currently living in as well so that like down the road I can be like oh that was an amazing book and it was a special edition that they only made so many of oh and by the way mine's in German so yeah. I decided to complete the I've move forward with the collection same thing with fourth uh I mean iron <sighs> flame um but Apparently, it's also sprayed edges, but it should be just plain. Well, see, I don't, no one's, I haven't seen it confirmed. Like, I've seen, like, the black sprayed edges, but mm -hmm. all of the social media, people are keep asking, will there be a design? No one's responding. So, I think they're keeping well, it under showed, wraps. Um, <clears throat> she showed off copies that arrived to her that were, like, the first prints, and the edges were sprayed, but they weren't design sprayed, unless... Unless she is trying to keep it under wraps. And that's like just the initial um, copies. What am I mm. trying to say? Like the, I don't know. I hope it has a design again. But man, like it was so hard to find. Um, and then it was so hard for you guys to find that I went to the like German bookstore. And in the English section, they had hardback copies. Now, it wasn't sprayed edges, but they had card hardback copies of Fourth Wing where I ended up shipping, I had like three friends that were like, can you find it? Can you find it? Can you find it? So I ended up buying and shipping to them the the copy just so they could have one in general. And I was yeah. like, this is crazy. <clears throat> so, yeah. And that concludes our fourth wing discussion. <laughs> um, maybe we'll have another discussion after um, Iron Flame. I don't want to be pressured into, like, I know we have this group chat now, and I'm the one that brought up, like, hey, are we all going to stick around in this chat to, like, read Iron Flame? Um, but I also commented, like, I know some of us won't be able to read it initially. Like, I don't know if I'll jump straight into it the day it comes out. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Depends. Um. But another cool thing that I saw on TikTok this week comes from a creator called Bill Reads. Mm -hmm. um, you can just type in Bill Reads, like reading a book, and he'll pop up. <clears throat> he has a great voice and accent. He's English. Um, but he did something that I thought was pretty nifty, and he called it an unhaul. So instead of a book haul where you go to the store and then you film 
what you got at the store. He was doing an unhaul. Um, and he was very clear that he was not going to be selling these books that he was unhauling. He genuinely mm-hmm. wanted to give them away to people that he knew would appreciate them. So he was like, okay, this would be mm-hmm. for my friend that likes this. This would be for my friend that likes this. This will go to Goodwill so that Goodwill can make some money and help out the community and stuff like that. Like he was not directly making a profit off of this. Right. And he got rid of 32 books just in that one three-minute video. <clears throat> I'm proud Which of him. Three of them broke my heart because it was the Caraval trilogy. And I was like, no, those are so good. Don't get rid of those. That was the only ones that I went no. That's on my list to start still. That's on my list to start still. I will make an episode of this podcast all about Caraval, and then you'll be forced to read it. <laughs> Okay, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> but then I gotta think of a series that I absolutely want you to read and be like, well, then I'm gonna make one about this. <laughs> I like how we're mean to each other. You're gonna read this. You will read this. <laughs> Which, speaking of, you will read this, not getting away from Bill. Like, I want to go back to that. But speaking of, you will read this. You actually were trying to surprise me with something. <laughs> Kelly, Kelly went and ruined it. <laughs> so, well, I, but I feel so freaking excited. That made me so happy. Like you don't understand how happy I was. So for our September episode, we covered cozy fantasy, and Miranda talked about a book called Legends and Lattes, and you described it so well, and you hyped it up so much. That Kelly went and read it. She read it in like four days. She sped through that thing. And she absolutely loved every second. She wants to read the prequel, I think. Yes. That's coming out. It comes out in like a couple weeks as well. And it's a prequel. Um, Boned. Oh, my goodness. Give me a second. Um, Bone dust and something. Yeah. Um, Sorry. I should well, have the Bookshops and Bone Dust. Bookshops and Bone Dust, yes. And it is actually a prequel. So it is going to be about Viv's life prior to us meeting her in uh, Legends and Lattes. But my understanding is Travis Baldry, who is the author, is not done with Viv's story. So we will get more. Um, but People really had a lot of questions about Viv's past, and that's where, when he was writing, that's where the like inspiration took him. So he went to um, her past, and I can't wait to read that. It's I'm so excited. Yeah, she told me she was like, "Tell Miranda that I picked this up," and I was like, "Ooh, I didn't t- like this is partly my fault. I didn't tell Kelly that I was going to surprise you on the <laughs> podcast with it." So when we all got in the fourth wing discussion thing, Kelly was like, yeah. oh, Miranda, I absolutely love this book. And I was like, Kelly, no. <laughs> I'm still so excited. I'm so excited. So on November 14th, a week after or seven days after Iron Flame, you can pick up bookshops and bone dust. Or yeah. Um, and I will say I am on German. No, that is American Amazon. Okay. I was like, wait, I'm on German Amazon. No, I'm not. I'm on um, American Amazon. It says November 14th. So I recommend that. And if you're into the um, audiobook, the author himself is the narrator. And I think he has a very uh, soothing, comfy voice. So there's nice. that. Yeah. But yeah, the whole idea of an unhaul 
is fantastic. I do I do love watching hauls, like people being like, oh, here's my Timu haul, or oh, here's my, um, my bookshop haul. I, I do love those, but there's something oversaturated about watching hauls as well that I love oh. the idea of watching people do an unhaul or like, I'm going to give these away. Here are books I really enjoyed, but I'm giving them away with this person in mind. I think that is just beautiful. I agree because it also shows that just because you see something like all over TikTok, whether it be mm -hmm. like the latest book blowing up or something like that, like it doesn't mean you necessarily need it or that it's for you. Right. It's a nice reminder that you don't have to buy every single thing you see. It's a nice reminder to people like me with ADHD that are like, I must have it, that you don't have to have it. <laughs> we have impulse spending control and we know this about ourselves and we try really hard. And but, um, on, yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say, but um, yeah, bu buying books is not the same as reading books. They're two different hobbies and I am here to collect and read. Boop, boop. <laughs> <laughs> well, in this month's Adaptation Minute, um, I've got two. I started Wilderness on Amazon Prime. It is really good so far. Um, Can you give I think me about halfway through. About it, so. so it stars Jenna Coleman, Mm -hmm. And okay. love her. Uh, crap. Uh, the dude, the blonde dude that was in Haunting of Hill House. Oops. Okay, okay. Um, but he plays her husband. Oh wait, I think I did see the Oliver this, Oliver continue. Jackson. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He played Luke. Um, but the it's based on a book. Have not read the book though, but after watching mm -hmm. the series, I don't think the book would be for me, okay. um, because it gets quite spicy. It, it's spicy, and if I'm not mistaken, it, um, it uh, a lot of adultery as well. Correct? Yes, the whole premise. I do is, remember this now. I do remember the previews. Yeah, yeah the um, whole premise is kind of based on he has cheated on his wife, and she's basically out for revenge. With uh, Ashley Benson from Pretty Little Liars, correct? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is another uh, series based off of a, or a television series based off a book series that I really enjoyed. So. Um, I've started that. I'm about halfway through. So far, I do recommend it. Um, we'll see if I keep recommending it once I finally finish it. How many because it? Ten? Okay. Eight, so ten. Pretty, it's pretty normal yeah. to what we have been getting. Okay. Yeah, it's like a mini series. Okay. Um, I have also, so back in my younger teenage years, mm -hmm. I did watch Vampire Diaries, but I would only make it through about season three. I've rewatched one through they three probably toast. five times. I have finally made it to season four. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I am in season four. I forget what, um, I just, this afternoon, I just watched the... Miss Mystic Falls pageant one. Oh, this show is like one of my <clears throat> favorite shows. I didn't find, did you ever read the books by LJ Smith? I read the first one. It's been uh -huh. literal decades since I have though. I remember not okay. liking Elena. I love TV Elena more. I will say that. And I actually like, um, 
TV Damon Moore as well. Um, they are vastly different, but I think the way that they ended up doing the TV series is just fantastic chefs. Like I said, um, I this is literally one of my comfort watch. Like I love this TV series so much. I started reading the books. I was an adult when it all came out, but I was instantly hooked. I remember not making it all the way through the book series, though. I think it was like book five. I was like, some of this is absurd. <laughs> what? Being, some of this being well, I mean, like, to hmm. be fair, the TV show does that too. <laughs> it, it does, but I don't know. This is okay. I hate to say this. Normally, you say the book was better. On this instance, I think the television show was better, and the spinoffs as well are just really good. I don't know if so. You watched from what any. I can remember about the first book that I read, I will say mm-hmm. the TV show is infinitely better. Yeah, the TV it, it's fantastic. Um, there was, and there I don't remember what season it comes later, but. Uh, and I don't want to spoil it. I won't spoil it for anybody, but I actually talked about this on an old episode of Geek and Sassy um, where I was talking about this show and this, um, it was around the time that I lost my father and this episode like really hit me hard. And so like, I was like snot crying at this. Um, and that one, I have to skip that one when I do like rewatches because I, I'm like, Oh, I know what's coming here. But it's a, it's, it really is one of those. And when it ended, I thought they did a really good job with how it ended. Because I was oh, very opinionated on, I was like, if they screw this up, I was like very, Did you, like. Have you watched the originals or in what, whatever the other one is? Mm-hmm. Uh, the originals. And the, so I didn't watch the one that came out a couple of years ago where it's like, um, all the kids of, like, it's not spoiling anything, but it's like all the kids of are now at this school. Okay. Like going to school together. What was that one called? Legend. No, hang on. Um, I loved though the originals. It really gives you more focus on uh, Klaus legacies. And his family. Yeah, legacies. I have. I think I watched like episode one when the CW first aired it, and I was like, oh, this is cool. But I, at the time, I still needed to watch a little bit more of originals because it was one that I was like watching consistently and then it was that time period where there was so much on tv i wanted to watch that things started like slipping to the side so when legends or what you just said it i keep saying legacy when it came out i remember watching the first episode and was like oh i feel like i need to go and finish originals before i watch this and then i just never went back to it so it is one i do plan to watch but i kind of have forgotten about about it to be honest with you so yeah it happens do you have plans to move forward with originals and legacies um i guess i'm gonna see how vampire diaries goes okay <laughs> I'll it won't it hurt way. me it won't hurt me if you don't like it but it it might a little <laughs> 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 i do but i did want to play it's actually another series that i did because i didn't finish it i am trying to go back and finish series book series that I never finished and it's on the list but the list is pretty long because you know sometimes if an author takes like a year or two in between a book you're like okay I'll go back to it when that happens and then before you know it all of a sudden their two-year break 
they took this two year break and then you're they're like, I have three books and you're like, What? Yeah, yeah. So I, I do plan to go back to it. And I do remember reading some of the books that came out after the show where it was like Stefan's diaries, Damon's diaries or something like that. Yeah. They were pretty okay. But they were pretty much what was happening in the show. So I was like, oh, okay. So <laughs> I'm very excited though that you're watching that. I hope that you enjoy it. So you are currently still on season three? Season four. I think season I'm almost four. through season four. I'm not sure though. Okay. But I know I'm somewhere in season four. <laughs> it is officially nice. the furthest I've ever watched this show. Like I said, I normally make it to about season three, and that's when I quit. Because I get so bored with the werewolf stuff. It is so Okay, boring. I was wondering. I was wondering what – I was about to ask you what makes you stop. Like what Freaking was Tyler. Thing? That's who. <laughs> Tyler – okay, I w- without spoiling anything, I will tell you, Tyler does this thing when you're watching the show where you hate him, and then you really like him, and then you feel sorry for him, and then you hate him, and then you like him, and then you hate – he. He, that's his journey, the whole show. Like, it's back and forth and back and forth with him. He well, there was, like, you. a good part of season three where it was all about Tyler. And I was like, the world does not revolve around Tyler Lockwood. I think they were really trying to punch home the addition because, you know, it's called Vampire Diaries. But I think they were really trying to punch in those werewolves and make them fit. Well, and they I punched think the me out. That's what they did. Yeah. <laughs> I think the werewolves work better punched in like the originals, if that makes sense. Like, I think yeah. it works better there. So. Well, now that we're talking about spooky things, it is October. <laughs> so Ooh. we decided that we're going to touch on some horror discussion for October. Yes. yes. Um, so we've kind of been following like a cozy type theme. I'd say for a little while. I think you Mm -hmm. and I are just wanting to submerge ourselves in our plush blankets and in our couches and just become one with whatever it is we're doing. Um, So you and I had discussed this a little bit to ourselves, but um, cozy horror could be becoming a thing. Yeah. It actually is. Um, I have a definition um, that is from, I can't, I can't take this credit. It's actually from bookedandbewitched.com. Um, and they were saying, I think she's talking about cozy horror games, but they're like, what is cozy horror? And it is considered a fun subgenre that puts us in ordinary places and then hits us with something, you know, should be dangerous, yet it doesn't feel that way. So basically, in a nutshell, it lets you kind of dive into the dark side of horror without the actual scare tactics. Oh, excuse me. Without the scare tactics. Um, But cozy horror is very subjective because it is fairly new subgenre that people are lumping books into. Um, I do like that I would say our age range of people are creating like subgenres within genres more like oh cozy fantasy or cozy horror and people are like wait what because there really is a huge when you look at horror there are things that somebody would be like that's not scary that's tame and you're right but it still belongs there and I think those would be the things that would be cozy to some sense because you like there's a warmth from reading them does that make sense to you guys okay like you enjoyed it it gives you a warmth it doesn't like scare the absolute piss out of you well and one such author one such author that you and i both agree does this really well is grady hendrix 
Um, I have now read all of them except for one. I'm lacking the final girl support group. <clears throat> and I would say the one that resonates most for cozy horror would be a uh, horror mm-hmm. store. It's the one where I haven't read that you, one yet. Okay. It's basically zombies in an Ikea. <laughs> yeah. I love, I love the cover of it because it looks like an Ikea catalog, but there's subtle. Oh yeah. There's like subtle little horror or scary things. Just like if you look at a picture frame, you'll see like this weird face in it, or you'll see like mm-hmm. a zombie hand randomly grabbing something. You're like, Oh, I love it. Look I, yeah. <clears throat> I bought the physical copy as well because I, I loved it. And just, like, it looks really cool. Yeah. But in light of that this month, you and I decided we would read my best friend's exorcism. Yes. Which you've read this before. Um, this was my first time reading it. You actually were, I won't lie. Uh, so what happened is we we wanted to do horror and we wanted to do cozy horror. And I was like, I'm moving. What can we read so I can go ahead and start it now? And you knew I had finished this book and I had strong thoughts about some parts. So you were like, why don't I finish it? Because you and Susan have already read it. And that way, if my move ended up being like, crazy wonky it was a book that technically I already have read this year (laughs) I did read it this year so just like so nobody thinks I was cheating I did read it prior but Bianca was being very kind and said let's do this to help you (laughs) (laughs) well it also selfishly helped me along my Grady Hendrix journey so I think he is I will I will go ahead and say um I think he is now a one-click author for me yeah, he's definitely he's really good. Author. I love and him. I I will say um, so I grew up obviously with Stephen King and I was a huge Stephen King fan growing up. Um, he's an author that used to be one click wasn't the word for it, but I would like continuously check him out from the library or buy him from the bookstore. Um, but I feel like Grady Hendrix is the new Stephen King and he almost kind of brings something to the table that's better then um and i don't well, because, mean that rudely well i feel like i feel like stephen king will always be the king of horror like i think he will always hold that title i feel like right. grady brings more grounding to his and there's right. he's definitely funny like i found myself oh, yeah. laughing at his books like outright laughing oh this one i definitely <clears throat> laughed at several times there's a couple of his that i both laughed and cried um, because it just, what was written about resonated to me in a different way. Um, but I think, and this, this is going to sound horrible. And if I've said this on the podcast before, I, I'm sorry, I'm repeating myself, but I, I would never tell someone to do drugs, right? I would never tell someone to do drugs. I think part of Stephen King's problem is he needs to go back on the drugs. <laughs> Poor Stephen King. <laughs> And I, but I, I also think that if we didn't have Stephen King, we wouldn't have Grady Hendrix, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. He kind of opened the door for a lot of people. Um, and I think Stephen King made horror cool in a lot of ways. Yeah, I think I he mean, made horror more accessible. He, he yeah. Exactly. Um, I mean, we go all the way back and say if we didn't have Edgar Allan Poe, we wouldn't have. Um, you know, things like that. Uh, R.L. Stein also was alongside of, uh, of King there, but just for a different audience. But I think yeah. if you were a Stein fan, you became a, a uh, 
Stephen King fan. And if you are a fan of both of those and you haven't read any Grady Hendrix, I would highly, I think he's for you. Yes. Just saying it. Absolutely. Um, before we before we deep dive into my best friend's exorcism, I will mm-hmm. just read the quick little synopsis on the back so that if someone wants to come back and listen later, you're welcome to. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes place in 1988. We're back in the 80s, baby. Woo-woo! In Charleston, South Carolina, high school sophomores Abby and Gretchen have been best friends since fourth grade. But after an evening of skinny dipping goes disastrously disastrously wrong, Gretchen begins to act different. She's moody, she's irritable, and bizarre incidents keep happening whenever she's nearby. Abby's investigation leads her to some startling discoveries, and by the time their story reaches its terrifying conclusion, the fate of Abby and Gretchen will be determined by a single question. Is their friendship powerful enough to beat the devil? Like an unholy hybrid of Beaches and The Exorcist, my best friend's exorcism blends teen angst, adolescent drama, unspeakable horrors, and a mix of 80s pop songs into a pulse-pounding supernatural thriller. And that's just literally what's on the back of the book. Fantastic. I also love, uh, there's two different covers. Um, I love the one that looks like a VHS like an old I checked it out from the library and mine has Uh the yearbook cover that one's really cool too so a lot of 80 vibes obviously creepy situations uh definitely characters to root for I would say yes Yes. um fast-paced and we'll talk about it in a minute but (laughs) et come on um one thing I did appreciate was that each of the chapter titles mm-hmm. are either an 80s reference or a straight up 80s song title. Yes, that's like perfect. it opens with Don't You Forget About Me. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, this is going to be oh, epic. Shit. I already love this. Forget about me. I don't have my <clears throat> copy handy to uh, like go through them, but. Well, I take notes, as you know, so I have all of the chapter titles <laughs> and then I break down what happens in each chapter. <laughs> um, Guess I, who is type A in this relationship? <laughs> I am to an extent. So I'm type A with ADHD. So I'm the person that took notes and part of them are on a sticky note and the other part are in a notebook and some are on my computer, but they're here. <laughs> Okay, anyway. so we open with Don't You Forget About Me. Um, Gretchen is basically reminiscing about Abby, her high school best friend. Um, and she's just kind of like thinking over everything that's ever happened. And mm-hmm. the last sentence of the chapter is, back in 1988, the year her best friend was possessed by the devil. I was like, oh, we're opening with this? Okay, we're going straight in. <clears throat> Um, (laughs) the next chapter is we got the beat okay we're at Abby's birthday party Um, she's teaching Gretchen how to roller skate no one else in their class showed up they were all at Margaret Middleton's birthday party because she had horses you must screw Margaret Middleton I agree I agree I felt so bad. Also, I loved that they were at a skating party because that was the thing. So I was born in 85. I don't know 
uh, what point skating parties dropped off. So I apologize to anyone younger, but they, they were big like when I was growing up. So I loved that they actually had the birthday party in a skating rink because I remember that's where pretty much every birthday party was, was either if you were fortunate enough to be a family that had a pool, it was either at your pool or at the pool, the local pool or at the skating rink. So I was like, yeah, that, that was accurate for me. I loved that nostalgia level. Yeah. Um, at the birthday party, Abby gets into a fight with a seventh grader and the seventh grader busts her lip open. Um, later, Abby and Gretchen run, in, run into each other at school. And finally, everyone believes what happened. Like they were kind of like, no one would, a seventh grader wouldn't even talk to you. Why would that happen? And then Gretchen and Abby, that's when they become best friends. Because there's a boy that like, uh, that's like, he's like the cool, suave, older boy. And he comes in and makes a comment about, uh, hey, like, nice right cook. I don't know. He says something and he tosses her a soda. And all the, like, Margaret Middleton and everybody's like, oh. Seventh think, grader talked to you. He talked to her and he's cute. He's like the boy and he, he knows her. That's how life was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's how it still is. I remember doing that in middle school. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um. The next couple of chapters is them basically just growing up together. It made, um, to me, I felt like it was establishing like the kind of relationship they had and the type of people the two of them were. So as we go, because we already know by the title, like what's going to happen. So yeah. I felt like these chapters were just basically establishing a baseline for who these two young ladies are and how they have connected and maybe added other people to their group and things like that. And then uh, stuff starts to happen in the chapter called The Number of the Beast. It's uh, a group of four friends. It's Gretchen and Mm -hmm. Abby, of course, and their close friends, Glee and Margaret. There's Margaret. Yeah. They're they're being teenagers in the 80s. They're dropping acid, doing drugs, smoking, drinking. I mean, what else was there to do in the 80s, I guess? I wasn't born yet. I don't know. I don't remember those things, but again, I was born in 85, so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, While doing all of that one night, they were having a sleepover, and they decide to go skinny dipping out in the river that is behind, I forget whose house they were at, but they were at one of their houses. Is it Margaret's house? I'm pretty sure because Margaret is still the rich girl. It's just she's now accepted them, and they're like a quartet like a click. kind of thing yeah. yeah it's like a little click but now they've all grown up and i think that day of boy coming in and being like hey but they're <laughs> all there. so i if i remember correctly because it has been a couple months since i read this but i believe they're at margaret's because it's like um margaret's like lake house or something to that effect I apologize anybody that's like, you're not right. I'h maybe I'm not but i, I believe it's <laughs> margaret's because they talk about like how one of them's family doesn't like monitor as much. And that's why they were all with that. Per- they were all there. Like, mm. okay. I mean, that's plausible. <laughs> um, I mean, where else can you do acid, but the rich girls uh, lake house. That is true. So they all decided to go skinny dipping out in the Creek that is behind. Mm-hmm. We'll say Margaret's house. Um, however, it's like almost midnight. So it's completely dark. There's no lights. So Gretchen heads to the Creek first. 
But when she jumps into the creek, the creek is all dried up and she just goes splat in the mud. Um, for some reason, she crawled like to the other side of the creek and like crawled up the bankment there. And so the other girls are like, no, don't get lost. Like you're naked in the woods. So I think she was now, kind of a prankster from what I gathered. And maybe she was trying to like scare them initially. Like, well, see, I couldn't understand if she was doing that or if she was just messed up from the drugs and alcohol. <laughs> maybe both. That's a good point. I mean, you yeah. could drop an acid in drinking. Um, so I'm going to say both. Yeah. Never dropped acid, have drink a lot. <laughs> so Gretchen basically gets lost in the woods and they spend all night looking for her. Abby eventually finds her in this old abandoned building that is literally crumbling to the ground. And Gretchen is just standing in the building, just staring out. It was a very creepy scene. I was going to say, he did such a great uh, job at the descriptors for this because in my head, like I visualized this this place, this house, and, and maybe it's not what he meant for me to see, but like, I visually had this place and I remember a place similar to this. I think everybody does, especially if you grew up in a smaller town. Um, I remember us having a place like this as well when I was growing up that we used to go like drinking in as teenagers um, that I was like, oh my God, that place was really creepy. Oh my God. Like it just worked. And I think if you've ever been a teenager that grew up in a small town and went and drank in like a barn or a dilapidated place, like you are going to picture one of these places and be like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> like it here crazy. it literally says. Um, so Margaret Glee and Abby are all out looking for them. And this is the scene that we're talking about. Um, Abby felt the pressure of someone watching her and she spun around. Nothing but tree trunks. She turned back to the building and saw a pale figure standing in the window, staring at her. It had shadowy holes for eyes and a ragged black rip for a mouth. Abby's flashlight thumped to the ground. What time is it? Gretchen asked. Her throat was scratchy. Her voice was raw. Then she disappeared from the window and came around the side of the house, stark naked except for her sneakers, smeared up to her thighs with scales of pluff mud, Filth streaked over the rest of her body, hands black, leaves in her hair. And I won't lie, at this very moment, I know the book is titled My Best Friend's Exorcism, but then I thought, because I can't remember if this was the first Grady I read or not, I wondered if it was like, if exorcism was going to mean something else. And at this very moment, after she described, like, the figures and stuff that she saw, and I think there's something else she says about, like, she thought she heard a voice or something. I genuinely thought an essay had happened. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's like kind already, of what like you're, I thought yeah. that could happen. Well, because uh, they talk for a little bit after they get, uh, Gretchen back to the house and get, get, get a cleaner up and stuff and just from the way Gretchen's acting like you can tell something happened in the woods and I think that's right. where everyone's mind goes is that oh crap she got SA'd in the woods like someone got a hold of her she was of course naked like she's an easy target 
I think well, she's naturally that's she's where everyone intoxicated. She's done acid. She's already naked because they were going to skinny dip. And then she got away from her friends. So what's to say she didn't go to this place and like pass out because of everything she was on. And then someone came across and took advantage of her is kind of yeah. where my brain went. Yeah. Um, but then I was like, but it's an exorcism. Did they mean that like literally or like meta is it euphemism or you know like so I was like okay okay just keep going and I because I struggle sometimes with books that there's a significant like essay and I don't yeah I don't handle those that's that's the no-nos for me (laughs) and that's a good (laughs) no-no that's a good (laughs) no-no um so they get Gretchen they make their way back to the house get her all cleaned up um all the girls eventually go back to their own houses. Like they're just kind of done with the sleepover at this point. Like everyone's creeped out. They just want to go to home and go to bed. Um, Abby goes to work the next morning at TCBY and Gretchen calls her at work and says, blood, everything is covered in blood. That's how that chapter ended. And I had goosebumps. <clears throat> Seeing again, I was thinking, Oh God, no. Like, the after effects of being attacked is what I was thinking. I was like, oh, yeah. God, no. Yeah. Um, let's see. The next chapter is titled, It's the End of the World as We Know It. I was yeah. like, can we can we not? And I feel fine. <laughs> um, That's going to be me so, when it finally ends. And I'll be like, oh, fine. So Abby picks Gretchen up for school and it is very evident that Gretchen hasn't slept. Um, Gretchen keeps claiming that she feels hands tugging on her face and her legs whenever she starts to drift off. Um, However, all the girls kind of assume that it's just the acid they've taken because she's just having a bad trip. That's what they're boiling it down to. She's coming off of like a, because to me, I, w- I was also thinking, like, okay, either she's been possessed for sure, because we know the title of this book, or, like, you hear about when people come off of things like that, they feel, um, like, this sounds really bad, but I, ha- I had a friend in high school that she did decide to try the meth route. Um, mm. Yeah, really bad. So glad she's a clean. She's fantastic now. Uh, thank God. But when she would be like coming off of it, she she said her whole body would tingle almost like someone was like um, tickling or stroking her. So I was thinking to myself like, oh, either she really is possessed because I can't, I can't I hate that I keep repeating myself like we know the title of the book, but like either she really is possessed or She's coming off that shit hard because, like, yeah. the weird sensations and your nerve endings. Like, I can imagine doing acid would probably affect you when you're starting to come out of it. Like, yeah. Uh, while they are at school, of course, they have like an anti drug, like, meeting it's for dare. lack of a better word. What, yeah, yeah, basically. Um, And during this, Gretchen kind of gets into, like, a shouting match with, uh, I think it's Margaret's boyfriend. Yes. I didn't take notes on that, but I want to say it's Margaret's boyfriend. It is. It's Margaret's boyfriend, and he apparently is kind of a butthead. Like, he's popular. He thinks he's better than everybody else. Stuff like that. Yeah. But they kind of get into it, and she is sent to the front office. 
And when she comes out of the office, she gets into another fight with someone else. And during this fight, she starts puking, like, a lot. But what's weird is this puke is white. And Abby, Abby also notices that there are black feathers mixed in with it. And does she see the feathers moving of their own accord? Listen, if you start vomiting white with black feathers in it, know that I am immediately calling a priest, okay? Okay. Thanks. Okay. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> um, this goes on for a couple of days. Um, Gretchen is not showering. She's not taking care of herself. Um, her parents take her to an OBGYN because they think maybe something has happened. Um, maybe she's having sex and then like actually enjoying it, but is just not taking care of herself anyway. I they, I they're, can't they're just, Do they think that she, they don't think she's been attacked. They think she's just. They think she's sex. being sexually active. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But they can't explain why she's not taking care of herself and bathing and changing clothes and stuff like that. Yeah. Cause it's pretty drastic. She stops <clears throat> like eating. She stops bathing like quickly too. Um, stops brushing her hair, basically all forms of like taking care of herself in any normal capacity, not happening, not a thing, not a thing. Well, and the parents also claim that they hear noises coming from her bedroom at night. So that's why they also think she's Oh, that's sex. right. Yeah, yeah. Um, she's claiming that everything she eats tastes rotten. Um, she, has, she has no appetite. So she's basically just withering away in front of everybody's eyes. Um, Gretchen's mom, she hosts like a monthly book club meeting at her house. Mm-hmm. And Abby decides that then would be a good time to go talk to Gretchen just because maybe with all the distraction going on downstairs, she wouldn't feel as pressured to like get everything off her chest. Mm-hmm. So all the women are drunk. And it sounds like it's more of a gripe um, drinking fest than it really is a book club. Yeah, because they never really discuss the book. <laughs> I think she talks about that. She's like, most of them don't read it. Like, I don't know. There's like comments made about that that I kind of like. That's part of the book where I was kind of laughing, actually. I was like. <laughs> <laughs> um, and during the party, Gretchen actually decides to dye her hair. And she also starts to say dark and very weird things that normally Gretchen, like, would never say these things. Because her family was really religious, if I remember correctly. Yes, they were very religious. Like, at the birthday party where they met and became friends, Gretchen was forced to give Abby a Bible as a present. Oh, that's right. And she tells her, I didn't want to give you this. I wanted to pick out, uh, I forget what it was. I wanted to get you such and such, but. It was something ET related because Abby had always been obsessed with ET. Yeah, the whole party was ET themed. That's why I was like, an ET. (laughs) Um, But so Gretchen's just not making any sense. Abby can't really hold a conversation with her. So she goes to leave, but she's kind of cornered by the drunk women that are downstairs. And then weird things happen. Gretchen stands at the top of the stairs and she starts to sing very loudly and not very in tune. 
Her dad tries to stop her, but he ends up, quote, falling down the stairs. Did Abby see Gretchen push her father down the stairs? Mm -hmm. And then every bird in the area comes and rams and commits suicide against Gretchen's house from all angles. The house is suddenly under siege by like millions of birds. Gretchen is like screaming, like screeching. And she eventually screams, make it stop. But it, it like never stops. It goes on for like 10 minutes. And that's how that chapter ends. I, that chapter I is also like called Broken Wings. <laughs> Love it. <clears throat> Let's see. Next chapter. I don't know how to pronounce this word. Paranoia? Because it's not paranoia. It's paranoia-mia. It's a weird word. Um, Basically, Gretchen is just getting worse and worse. She continues to not shower. She doesn't brush her teeth, doesn't change her clothes. Um, She tries to mask the smell by, like, bathing in her perfume. But, obviously, it really does no good. Um, Abby finally is like confronting her and like shaking her, trying to talk sense into her. And Gretchen says that they need to dig up Molly, the girl that's buried under that abandoned building and give her a proper burial. Gretchen then says that a man is repeatedly raping her every night, but he won't touch her if she doesn't show skin. That's why she refuses to shower or change clothes. And that's like, I got goosebumps when I read that. I was like, and she's, what's sad is like right now she's actively trying to tell someone and she's, she's going to the person she trusts the most and is like asking for help, but not because she doesn't know how to. Yeah. And in some ways she's also not asking for help because obviously she's being, you know, taken over essentially. So it just, oh. It was. It's a very sad situation. I will say this, this book might be uh, clearly with what we've been talking about so far. It might not be for everyone, but I still think Grady Hendrix is for anyone that like I still stand by what I said earlier about Grady Hendrix being for everyone that was a fan of or is a fan of R.L. Stein and Stephen King. I just think that he hits hard with certain topics and it's not just this book um, that they're a little hard to take, honestly. Yeah. Um, Abby tries to talk to Gretchen's parents to let them know what Gretchen has told her. But they're, they basically turn on Abby and they blame Abby for everything that's happened. Um, basically saying our daughter was fine until you were in her life. Like we've done everything for you and this is how you uh, treat us in return and they kick her Which out I and basically like, tell her to never come back. Because apparently um, what we haven't said is Abby's family, not only are they very religious, they're financially stable. So they live in a, a nicer part of town. They have nicer. Gretchen, Gretchen oh, oh, not Abby. Gretchen, yeah, Gretchen, uh, Gretchen's family has, um, they live in a nicer part of town. They have more money, things like that. And poor Abby's family, like, they're doing the best they can. They're not, like, bad people or anything. They just, they are lower middle class where Gretchen's family is upper middle class in the 80s. So there is already a power dynamic going on. But I thought it was so weird how they, like, 
they've been best friends since fourth grade. And it talks about how she basically spent time with them and they knew her family didn't have a lot of money, but they never treated her different. They always offered dinner to stay the night, things like this. I, I didn't like that. They told you all of that. And then the first time she tries to go talk to them in genuine concern about the person she cares the most about, they immediately jump to like, it's all your fault. And she's not been the same since she met you. And I'm like, they are teenagers. They've been friends since fourth grade. Like what? It just seemed like a huge, that was the, the one part of the book that I, I had a disconnect from because I felt like it was such a jump that I was like, what? And then it also made me wonder if it's kind of like the Horcrux theory of Harry Potter that's where, exactly what I was thinking. Okay, so I'm not alone in this. So, like, I, I did not like this part because I felt like it was disconnected. It didn't make, make sense. But then, okay, the, the whole Harry Potter horcrux, and I'm sure everyone knows this, but for those of you that don't, the Dursleys, when, they, when we first meet them, are described as, like, typical, normal, everyday family. They're not great, but they're, like, it's the best place for Harry. And then, obviously, we see them being horrible horrible people and the theory is harry as a horcrux being around them is it made the like nasty in them come out more so it did make me wonder the nastiness that is going on in this home right now because of what gretchen is going through is that what caused them to jump straight to it's your fault abby or have they always felt this way and this was just their they were like oh finally we have a reason to tell her how we really feel no, I, I absolutely thought that it was more of a Horcrux situation where they had been trapped in the house with Gretchen for a few weeks now, mm-hmm. and it was just feeding off of their, for lack like of a better word, evil or sin. Yeah, instead of like one person. Yeah, makes <clears throat> sense. Me, I thought about that more today. Um, there's a true crime case I'm watching from Crime Weekly. I highly recommend them, but because it's October, they're also kind of doing this same thing that you and I are doing and they normally cover true crime but they are covering a true crime that has a possible paranormal slash um devil made me do it to it um and that was the same thing as these people were normal until this certain situation started happening and I was like you know what yeah 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 um but since Gretchen had like confessed to Abby that she was being uh, essayed over and over again almost every night. Abby, of course, is trying to, like, narrow down suspects. Mm-hmm. And she starts to suspect Wallace, Margaret's boyfriend, just because uh, of the way that Gretchen, like, reacted at that D.A.R.E. seminar thing. Um, the fact that he very well could have been out in the woods behind Margaret's house that night. Like maybe he was trying to find Margaret or something, I think is what she says. Yeah. And instead he came across Gretchen and was like, well, why not? Yeah. There were some things in the book. Um, I w- I'd be curious to see how you feel as well. There were some things when she was like, I think it was him where I did have a moment where I went, what if it is? What if it is? Like they, he did. Grady wrote him in a way that I was like, it could be, it could be. It yeah. could be both things. Because he's not the nicest person. He's no, a jerk. He's a jerk. And he, he's made some comments. And there's some small things here and there that I'm like, it it could be. That's what happened. Yeah. Um, Abby tries to tell Glee, their friend Glee, about mm-hmm. her, her suspicions. But 
Abby doesn't know because she's telling her on the phone. Um, Abby doesn't know that Glee had Margaret on a three-way call. So Margaret heard everything. So uh, she has suspected it though, because doesn't Glee tell her like, hang on just a second, I have to such and such. And listen, this was done in the 80s and 90s. I don't know if you remember this, but like people would constantly like like what we would do is like my friend would have a crush on somebody. So I would call that person and be like, Hey, what do you think about so-and-so? And then get the guy to say, the problem is you'd have the other person on there. So you're either about to break their heart or make them really happy. So like, I feel like Abby should have known when Glee was like, Hey, on a second. Cause I immediately went, Oh shit. She's about to add the other girl to this call. Yeah. And, of course, Margaret does not take too kindly to Wallace being accused of all of that. So it kind of blows up the friend group and Glee sides with Margaret. So Abby is just kind of on her own little island now. Yeah, because, I mean, Glee and Margaret now are like, well, we hate you. And I kind of get it. I mean, if you had come to me and been like, the person that you care so much about, your boyfriend, he attacked our friend. And I'd be like, what? Like, it would be hard to accept if it really had happened. But if it hadn't, you you would be angry. Um, and then, of course, Gretchen really isn't talking to her. Not really. And her parents, Gretchen's parents, have just said, like, don't come. Like, you're dumb. Like, it's your fault. Yeah. Like, poor Abby. It's like going back to her birthday party all over again when she was in fourth grade and no one showed up. It really is. Um, Gretchen does eventually show back up for school. Oh, and the title of this chapter is Total Eclipse of the Heart. Total Eclipse of the Heart. <laughs> and evidently this was a thing back in the 80s, like for real. They had a thing called Slave Day where a student could buy another student for the day and they would be their slave. I have no recollection of this, but I did some research and it was evidently a thing. It was, and it used to happen mainly during, like, um, as someone who's looked at yearbooks and stuff from the 80s. Clearly, I didn't start school until almost the 90s, but um, apparently it was big during, like, home, like, um, homecoming and stuff. And it was usually, it sounds really bad, but it was usually, like, raise money for, like, something at the school and it was horrible and I'm so glad we don't do it anymore but yeah it was a thing it was a thing yeah well Abby is forced to be Gretchen's slave um she forces Abby to take off all her makeup which is something that Gretchen knows will absolutely humiliate Abby because Abby has such horrible acne scarring like Abby literally spends two hours every morning doing her makeup to help hide the scarring yeah um so she forces Abby to like take off all her makeup. Gretchen smells and looks even worse now. And Abby yells at her saying she's officially lost the last person who cared about her. Gretchen tries to call Abby that night, but Abby ignores it like she's completely done. But Gretchen shows up to school the next day, suddenly 100% better with a brand new haircut. Yeah. Which I will say, um, I was intrigued. Um, so the whole slave day thing, by the way, um, I looked up on Goodreads and a lot of people were commenting. They were like, I definitely did not happen in this school, in my school in Pennsylvania, but maybe I'm blocking it from my memory. But there was a girl that said she was from upstate New York 
And they had Senior Slave Day until the late 90s. Good grief. It was definitely not a thing at the school I went to. (laughs) I... I've seen some yearbooks from the school I went to. I think it was a thing, uh, if I remember correctly. It was not a thing when I was in high school. Like, we did not do that. Um, But, yeah. I think it was very weird, though. But it showed – so this whole day showed just how much Gretchen had changed. Because she was not – she wasn't just hateful to Abby. She was, like – disgusting like I I don't know the best or not acronym I don't know the best adjective to use right now um but like this really showed just how much Gretchen had changed and whatever was that was had a hold on her was like in control because those were things like I would never share your insecurities or your private moments that you have told me about with anyone that's not for anyone else so not only did she do that she did it on such a level because if I remember correctly she takes her in the bathroom and she starts calling her like disgusting names and it's like you take that makeup off right now you dirty blah 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 like he visually like I pictured myself no one did this to me so don't that's not what I'm saying. This was never, never happened to me. But like, I pictured myself as Abby, like visibly crying in a bathroom because someone was talking to her. So he, he does a fantastic job of both like jarring you. So that's, that's why everybody's like, how the hell is this cozy? The reason is because it puts you in a real setting and they genuinely have good times together. But when it's bad, it's really bad. Yes. And yes. you can, and that's the horror aspect a lot of the horror that happens in this for the majority of the book, while there are a lot of paranormal factor factors ugh, or, or otherworldly, I guess I should say, not necessarily paranormal, otherworldly factors. It is the psychological of having someone do a 180 and be so different and your whole life being uprooted that I think is really the terror of this. Yeah. Because along with all of this, uh, Margaret and Glee are suddenly friends with Gretchen again. Mm -hmm. Um, Abby is now the outcast. Um, Abby tries to talk to uh, their school has a uh, like a priest like at the school. Yeah, I can't remember. Is it like a private Catholic school or something? I don't know. But they he talks to everyone kind of like a counselor. They don't ever mention a counselor, but they mention this priest several times. Um, So Abby, his name is Father Morgan. Abby tries to talk to Father Morgan, but he's not really listening. He kind of assumes Mm -hmm. that Abby is scared of losing her best friend. And that's why she's projecting problems onto Gretchen. Like he tries to make it about psychology and not demon possession. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then they also have a group of guys come visit the school to like, spread the word of God, like be missionaries, basically. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's like a theatrical drama show. Oh, um, God, we used to have these. Did you have these ever? Yes, yes. They would come in and do the <clears throat> theatrical drama about abstinence. And, like, I remember the people that <laughs> – side note, if any of you never went to these things, so no offense to anybody that is religious or believes any of this stuff, but they these, – these shows they put on, they really were trying to terrify you. And I know the one that stuck in my head is they did this play about abstinence, right? And the couple that chose to, like, 
get it on. Um, as teenagers, they end up like right after they get it on, they die in a car accident. And I was like, what in the world? Yeah, they. it was like, you will be punished for premarital sex. These things, I don't know how they allowed these things in school. They were, anyway, if you guys didn't have them, count yourself lucky. Because when I was reading this part, I was like, I could pick, I, I knew some of these people that did this like traveling thing personally from like church camp and different things that we would all attend. Um, and I was like, now as an adult, I'm like, why, 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 <laughs> <laughs> why were we doing these? <sighs> yeah. But uh, at the end of the like demonstration, the youngest one, Christian, he comes up to Abby and says, I can see the demon that is attached to your friend Gretchen over there. And Abby absolutely believes him. Well, yeah, I mean, I would. Yeah. Um. A couple of days go by. Abby is observing what's happening. Gretchen has started giving Margaret a, quote, miracle milkshake that melts the fat. So Margaret is losing weight at an unbelievable rate. Her diet is basically nothing but celery. Abby confronts Gretchen about it. Um, it made me think of mean girls. Huh? This made me think of Mean Girls. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah totally. This is totally Mean Girl vibes. Yeah, but it's the it's the reverse because Caddy swears it's this like miracle weight loss thing her mom got in Africa, and it actually makes uh, her gain weight. But that's what I was thinking of. It's like a reverse Mean Girls. Yeah. Um, Abby confronts Gretchen about it while she while Gretchen is writing in a notebook. And while they're talking, Gretchen's hand is writing something upside down so that only Abby could read it. She's writing, not me, not me, help, not me. And then, like, Fury just overcomes Gretchen. Like, she physically becomes, like, the Hulk, basically. And she rips out the notebook page and tosses it away like it never happened. And it's like, storms off. Sorry, babe is like, yeah, I see, I'm calling the priest. I'm calling the priest. <laughs> you doing this to me. <laughs> um, Abby tries one last person. His name is Andy. He's a boy that Gretchen met at church camp last summer. Um, Abby calls Andy and she begs him for help. I don't remember why she chooses him, though. Do you? Because he was literally the last person who would notice a change in Gretchen. And could maybe like okay. talk to her about it, basically. I remember there was a very specific reason why, other than uh, the church connection, I, but I couldn't remember. Um, but when she goes to call Andy, Gretchen is the one that answers. Um, and she begs Abby for help. Like, Abby can tell this is the real Gretchen. So Abby then thinks that she is connecting the dots. Um, the running theory is that Gretchen is buried under that building and Molly is the one who is roaming free. And Gretchen knows that Molly has something bad planned for Abby. Which I bought that at this point. I was like, okay, maybe, yeah, maybe. But then I also stopped and was like, Maybe not because she keeps saying that she, uh, she's being graped every night. And I was like, Molly wouldn't do that. 
Yeah. Uh, let's see. Da, da, da. I'm skipping over some like not plot important stuff here. Oh, Abby eventually tracks down Andy's real number and she talks to him, but he says that Gretchen never called him after camp ended. So they literally have not spoken since they went to church camp. Yeah, because didn't she act like their friendship mattered and they continued to speak or something like that's why she thought of him. Yeah, yeah. Let's see. The the head principal basically of the school calls Abby's parents in for a meeting. Um, he's basically giving them no option but to remove her from the school and go somewhere else. Um, just because of all the problems that Abby is, quote, creating around Gretchen and all of the rest of the student body because no one's believing Abby. That's right. It is a private school because that's when the conversation comes up of, like, her parents. Uh, she's there either on scholarship or her she's parents. on a scholarship, really, yeah. Yeah, she's on a scholarship because they can't afford it. So that's why they have a priest. It's like a private, like, it, it's a private school. Duh. Okay. Yeah. Um, but at this moment, Abby's mom goes completely off on that principal. Um, yeah, she did. <laughs> I, I was, was like, like yeah. "Girl, mom." <laughs> I was like, "This is the mom I strapped to be." <laughs> Basically, saying Abby's not doing anything wrong. She's trying to care for people. She can't help that these people are being mean to Abby. Like she's just trying to fit in. Blah 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 blah. But she's doing it like very forcefully. And I was like, "You're not gonna kick my daughter out when she has perfect grades. Literally has a 4.0. She has these extracurricular activities." Um, she has a part-time job. Like she is a well-rounded person. You're not kicking someone yeah, out like for this. She would when have been the uh, valedictorian, I believe, or she was in running for valedictorian. Like for all intents and purposes, she was like model student. Yes. And the mom evidently has dirt on the principal. Like I kind of forget what all was said there, but when I say the mom went off, she went off. And then she and the dad just, like, get in the car and drive away. And I was like, yeah, that's how you do it. <laughs> it sounds like, uh, to me, and maybe I'm remembering something incorrectly, but it sounded to me kind of like what I grew up with, where, like, it was a small town. And so maybe she had gone to school. Like, they all went to school. Because I think she says something about the law along the lines of, and you forget and calls him by his first name. Um, so I took that to mean, like, they all grew up together. And so that's very she possible. definitely knows some stuff on him. Yeah. And maybe and I was then, just connecting it to my personal life because, you know, like everybody that would that taught in my high school, my parents went to school with. Yeah. Um, and this time Glee has now joined a religious group on campus. And just kind of left the friend group altogether. And this has been going on for a couple of weeks. So there's like a pattern of Gretchen befriending like someone. Like, yeah. Well, Gretchen was slowly like isolating everyone. So Margaret was going to be obsessed with her weight and this diet. Glee was going to be joining this religious cult and mm -hmm. doing all of that. Abby was going to have no friends. Like this was all a plan that Gretchen had. Um, the same day that the meeting with the principal happened, Lee is standing at the top of the bell tower on school campus. 
um, topless, no bra on, just her boobs out free. And across her breasts are written for you in Sharpie. And she smells like vodka. And she starts throwing papers off the top of the tower. um, And they like, I forget who goes and gets her, but someone gets her down. I forget who goes and gets her as well, but listen, there's a lot of stupid things I would have done for, obviously, clearly, this is is for a boy of some sort uh, before you, uh, but uh, no. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) Uh, The next chapter is titled Like a Prayer. Um, Abby decides to call up a Christian. The guy who said he could see the demon. Uh, he says, yeah, I'm an exorcist. And he and Abby hatch a plan. They need to drug Gretchen. He's like, yeah. <laughs> Their plan is to drug Gretchen and get her alone and tie her down and wrangle the demon away from her. Listen, I did not like this plan. I did not either. It was not a good plan. Although, have you ever watched a, a show or a movie or anything where an exorcism is not violent? Because I haven't. They all seem extremely violent. And the ones I've heard about that have actually been done to people sound horrific. Yeah. So, to add to, I would call a priest if you did these things. I would make sure that you were not harmed if we had to do an exorcism on you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Um. Some other stuff happens that I do not want to touch on. Um, so I'm just going to skip ahead a little bit just because the parts I'm going to skip, they for real like hit me hard in the gut because it involves family pets. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> I know you don't want to touch on this, but remember when I sent you and Susan the message because Susan was also about to read it and I thought you already had. And I was like, I have something that I am angry about. I am so angry. And I should have seen it coming. They told us it was coming. They told us. They warned us from the very beginning. Was that the part that got you? Okay. Mm -hmm. It was good boy, Max. Mm -hmm. Good boy, Max. Mm -hmm. See, I forgot everybody else's name, but I remembered good boy, Max. And I still... (laughs) Still, when I think of this book, it haunts me. It haunts me. Like, I finished that part, and I grabbed Widget, who was asleep, and was like, you know how she is. She does what she wants. She thinks she runs this house. She kind of does. Um, And I picked her up, and I was like, I love you so much. And she's like, God, put me down. What is What's wrong with you? Oh, what do you read? Why do you read stuff that bothers you, Mom? Oh. <laughs> yes, I was like, that's when I told you Grady Hendrix, my first Grady Hendrix books, and he traumatized me. That bothered me. I know there's an exorcism happened. I know we've talked about SA like 20 times. That bothered me. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Not next chapter thing. that I am going to talk about, it's called Don't Stop Till You Get Enough. Don't stop me, goodness. Oh! <laughs> um, Abby and Christian, they do drug Gretchen. They do kidnap her. They take Gretchen to her family's beach house that's like an hour or two away. 
and they plan to do an exorcism in the guest bedroom. I hate uh, this because it's kidnapping. Like, yeah, it is. It, oh, they straight up kidnapper. Um, they tie her to the bed. They spend like pretty much a whole 24 hours trying to coax the demon out. Um, Christian has his salts. Nothing's really working until Andrus. I think that's how you pronounce the demon's name. He finally emerges at the same time that Gretchen begs for help. So you hear two distinct voices coming out of Gretchen's mouth. Yeah. Um, Christian leaves to go get his father to come help. Is it his dad or his brother? I thought it was his dad. I know it was an older person, but I thought it was an older brother. I I typed father. I don't know. Okay, whatever. Well, the reason um, I ask is because it actually, in my head, it was like the way he was behaving, I thought he was like an adult, but not a fool. Does that make no, sense? He, no, in the book, he's like 18 or 19. Like no, he's the, the youngest of his family. Yeah, I thought the other guy, Vic, shows up. That's why I thought they were both brothers. I thought they were oh. still only like, I thought they were both less than 25. Oh, I don't know. Which made um, it worse to me because here's a girl tied to the bed. What happens when people go looking for her? Yeah. That's what I was thinking. But when Christian leaves to go get help, he leaves strict instructions for Abby to basically don't talk to her. Don't talk to the demon. Don't untie her. Like, just leave everything be. Um, Abby ignores those instructions. Don't give in. Like, don't. It's basically the instructions that you would hear in any exorcism story. It's like the demon is going to try to convince you that they are, that your friend, like your that your friend is okay. Like, don't let her go. Like, don't listen to it. Like, don't fall for it, basically. Yeah. Um, but Abby ignores all those instructions. And I think she unties her hands. Or maybe her feet. I don't remember which one. But she unties something. And she just basically starts talking to Gretchen. Trying to get through to Gretchen. Right. And she uses all of their mutual interests to get Gretchen out. Um, and eventually, the love that they share for each other is, like, so strong and can basically overpower anything that Andrus, the demon, is cast out. He is gone. Yeah. Um, I wasn't a big fan of how the book ended. Like, I understood how it ended, but I was just like, eh. Um, it fast-forwards to their adults and they kind of lose their best friendedness which does i mean in in all fairness how many people can say that they are still super super tight close best friends with the person that i mean and it's the exception to the rule i will say like my very best friend from like birth she and I do still talk, but like, it's not that we've lost our best friendedness, but at the same time, like life just happens. So I don't like it, but I found it very like realistic because it does happen to the majority yeah. of people. You don't usually stay as close friends with the person that you were super close with in like high school. Not normally. Yeah. So like I understood it, um, but they just 
that's kind of how it ends. It's mm-hmm. like, hey, we're still friendly, but not best friends. Yeah, because it says, and, um, it, and, sorry, it says Abby and Gretchen still kept up, but it was phone calls and letters, then postcards and voicemails, and finally emails and Facebook likes. There was no falling out, no great tragedy, just 100,000 trivial moments that they didn't share. Each one an inch of distance between them, and eventually those inches added up to miles. And it literally says they were best friends on and off, mm-hmm. and then they lasted 75 years. Yeah. And that's the end. <laughs> I do love, though, when they were fighting the demon and everything was coming out, the, like, she... Because there's something about a a best friend relationship, and I've learned it as an adult that you can have more than one best friend. It is very possible. I, as a teenager, as Abby and Gretchen age, I didn't think so. I thought you had like your core group, and then you probably had one person that was like your best best friend. Um, but I loved that it was so true and raw because she actually starts like shouting into the storm that is going on. Um, and she's like, I love you. I love you, Gretchen Lang. You are my reflection and my shadow, and I will not let you go. We are bound together forever and ever until Haley's Comet comes around again. I thought that was so cute. That is very cute and very sweet. I do, Well, my favorite part is I love you dearly, and I love you queerly, and no demon is bigger than this. <laughs> <laughs> But that's what parts of make it cozy because you have these funny one liners that are put yeah. in there and, and stuff that. Yeah, it's real life. Um, yeah. And there's something that like when you're reading, you want to leave real life. Um, but there's something cozy about finding. It's like I've told you guys before. The reason I really like cozy mysteries for one, they're easy reads. And a lot of times they are set in places that you can already picture, right? You can already visualize. And I think that's part of what Grady Hendrix does um, because everything I've read of his so far, it is totally easy to picture yourself. Like I said, two or three times, like I could visualize myself as Abby. Um, so I think it, it that's what makes it cozy. Um, what makes it horror is one, you are dealing with this otherworldly demonic entity. Yeah. But you're also dealing with the horror of because a lot of the things that were going on in like that. Yes, she was the demon was making her torture her that way. But that is stuff that actually happens in high school. That is stuff that happens between um, friends, former friends, uh, the rich girl that thinks she's better than everybody else. Like those kinds of things that were happening legitimately do. And I think that's also what Grady is great at is. A lot of the horror he presents to you, um, like one of his other books that you you did fairly try to warn me about, but the How to Sell a Haunted House. <laughs> he does the same thing there as well, where there are otherworldly slash like typical horror things. But there's also like dealing with death and trauma from childhood as well. And, and I think. That one's yeah, and a lot of grief. That one hit. That one hit me pretty hard in the grief aspect, um, and healing. But the, but I think that's what he does so well. Is not just that he get, presents you the typical horror. For in this example, she was possessed, and the you know her changing and the the disgustingness that happens throughout the book um, that is hor- horrific. 
genuinely, but there's also the fear and the psychological uh, damage that it presents from normal, everyday things. Losing friends, um, falling for a boy you shouldn't fall for in Glee's instance, all, all of those things that present their own horrific traumas. Yeah. Well, yeah. everyone, that was My Best Friend's Exorcism by Grady Hendrix. Which is also um, a uh, adaptation. It is now an adaptation as well. Oh, is it? Yes, it is a movie that you can catch on Amazon. <gasps> um, I did not know that. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, it is um, a movie on Amazon. Um, I was not... Super. Let me go back through the list of. It is on it. I did not know. How did I not know this? I don't know. It came out. It came out last year. Twenty-two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well. Uh, But yeah. So I haven't watched it. I thought I was going to save it for spooky season. So it is something I plan to do. It has. What is its rating? What is its rating? It's rated R. No, uh, sorry, I meant, uh, like, IMDb. Oh. IMDb. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Uh, IMDb gives it a 5.3 out of 10. Oof. (laughs) But, um, oof. I don't always agree with those, though. Um, Yeah, I I don't go by ratings. Listen, it's like the Rotten Tomatoes people, usually people that really, um, Love it. Although somebody just wrote a review that said they don't understand the hate seven out of ten. Okay. Okay. I'll be watching it and I'm probably gonna regret the the one scene that I told you ripped me apart. Um yeah. but yeah. Um so we're gonna move to our last segment, recent reads and acquisitions. I almost feel like we need a theme song, like when that happens, like <laughs> recent reads and acquisitions. <laughs> so I already mentioned one that I recently read was Fourth Wing. Um, yes. The, the another I'll do. Yeah. So one that I'll. Blah blah blah. Words are hard. See. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. I read one last week that was called, I want to get it right, A House with Good Bones by T. Kingfisher. I gave it five out of five. It's another slightly Ooh, spooky one. Is that the first one. T. Kingfisher that you've read? Yes. Okay. I loved it. I read it in two days. <laughs> it was nice. so good. Um Another one I picked up is called Wildwood Magic by Willa Reese. I am almost halfway done. However, um, I've been reading this since the beginning of October. It is now October 22nd. I don't know if it's not for me or what. I just, I'm having a problem getting into it. But like I said, I'm halfway through, so I might as well finish it. It's just, it's a lot. It's both a lot and nothing okay. at the same time. <laughs> I don't know how that makes sense, but it makes sense in my No, it does. It, <laughs> it makes complete sense. It's like, but it's kind of like the time I told you that I both love and hate this book simultaneously. And you were like, 
how? And I was like, I just can, okay? <laughs> Um, and what I'm currently reading is Red Rising by Pierce Brown. Ooh, I this is a read that already. Uh-uh. This is a sci-fi fantasy. Um, which I say sci-fi. There's like there's a few sci-fi elements, but I mean it could very well take place on Earth. So if you're not a big sci-fi fan, I think you would still enjoy this. Um, I would. I don't even know how to describe it, but. I'm, I will probably finish it tomorrow. Like I do not have much left. It is a series. Um, however, I don't know if I will finish the series. Depends on how this book ends. Because so far, like I, I know it's the first book in the series, so I know it's a lot of world building and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But it's just kind of boring through those parts, so I'm just kind of skimming over those. And I'm just like, okay, let's let's move on with the plot. But also, the first like 75 pages. I was fully invested because I thought the plot was going somewhere and then mm-hmm. it took a hard right turn. I did not expect what happened and I almost threw the book across the room. But now I got to see how Darrow gets out of this stuff. that he I had thrown a couple of books before. So. <laughs> My husband physically threw a copy of, um, one of the Game of Thrones books, I want to say book two or three. Like, he physically threw it and, like, picked it up, put it on the shelf, and said, not right now. <laughs> I feel that. <laughs> For anyone that's read them, you probably know at what point he did that. I mean, there's a lot of things that happen in those books, but it seems universal that most people are like, yeah, I threw it at this point. It's <laughs> when he threw it, too. And then a few of my acquisitions. So our public library had their book sale. I know I was jealous. I don't get those anymore. <laughs> so I went and raided the hardcovers. I just quick and dirty Firefly Lane by Kristen Hanna. Mm-hmm. The Giver of Stars by Jojo Moyes. Bird Box by Josh Mallerman. Yes, the one that the Netflix movie is based off of. I've never read it. I haven't either, but I'm excited. Um, A Cuban Girl's Guide to Tea and Tomorrow by Laura Taylor Namey. The Bookshop on the Shore by Jenny Colgan. I read a Jenny Colgan book last Christmas. Absolutely loved it. It was so adorable. That was one of the, like, kind of, like, cozy Christmas books that you chose to read. Yes. Yes. House of Hollow by Crystal Sutherland. Got a creepy-looking cover. That's so cool. And then The Upside of Falling Down by Rebecca Crane. But those were all my library book sale acquisitions. What you got? What are you reading? So I am currently reading, um, and this is, I'm going to title this TikTok Made Me Do It. Um, Very valid. It's very valid. I actually think Instagram made me do it, but TikTok sounded better. Um, so I actually went on a journey. I wanted to find books. This sounds silly, but I wanted to find books that had the pumpkin in the title somehow. Like, I don't know. It was a mood I was in. Okay. Um, (laughs) and I read a book that I had actually already watched previously the Hallmark movie of called pumpkin everything. And that's kind of what kicked it off, which by the way, super cute, uh, it's predictable. I mean, it's a, it, it got made into a Hallmark movie. I don't think I have to explain it. Um, but if you enjoy those kind of things, you'll enjoy it. But the book Pumpkin Everything by Beth Labonte, 
um, is what kicked off my desire of finding books with the name pumpkin in the title. And I'm over here tapping on it like it's ASMR. I don't know why that brings me joy. Um, it's called The Pumpkin Spice Cafe by Laurie Gilmore. Um, I found out it's spicy. <laughs> not Did not spicy. know this when I bought it. It looks like it's a cozy, like the cover and everything. Um, but I found out it, it is spice. It, it's got some spice in it. Um, but it's very enjoyable. Um, I am not done, so I don't really know what it is. But it's about 350 pages, so also not like ridiculous. Its tagline is "Tis the season to fall in love." Um, That's so cute. It is. It's very cute. It has a lot of cozy um, vibes to it. It really does. It kind of starts like a lot of the cozy mysteries or cozy uh, romances that I like to read. Um, her aunt gives her her beloved pumpkin spice cafe in a small town called Dream Harbor. And she, of course, jumps at the chance to kind of get a fresh start. She has a very dull desk job. And the love interest is Logan, who is a local farmer who avoids Dream Harbor's gossip at all costs, um, but Ginny's arrival um, disrupts his routine, and he wants nothing to do with what he thinks is this irritatingly upbeat new girl, except he finds himself extremely drawn to her. Um, so it's like grumpy um, sunshine trope as well, because she's like happy-go-lucky, and he's like this very grumpy but obviously absolutely gorgeous um so it's like city girl country boy grumpy sunshine cozy um with spice i'm digging it i'm digging it the okay. cover's adorable too um so that led me to i also purchased because amazon was like if you like that you'll like this I purchased Pumpkin Spice and Not So Nice by Becky Monson. Um, I have not started it yet. I know nothing about this, um, but uh, I read her author biography and I was like, sold, you and I would be best friends because it said Becky Monson is a mother of three and a wife to one, but she would ditch all of them for Henry Cavill. Me too, girl. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> So I, I haven't read it, but uh, that was my, those were two that I purchased myself. I've been very good with the purchasing lately um, because they had pumpkin in the title and I liked the cover. So I physically wanted to hold these in my hand. Um, so there's that. But I would like to give a huge shout out to publishers and I don't know which ones, so I apologize. I would like to give a huge shout out and thank you to publishers that work with um, MWR programs. Um, for those of you that don't know, um, MWR usually is uh, Morale, Welfare, and Recreation. Um, they are military related and usually have an MWR on every post. Um, and what they do is provide different things for the community. Sometimes they have, uh, like for us this year on 4th of July, they brought in um, Chef Robert Irvine and they did um, like fireworks show, things like that. They also have like special different things. Like if you're attached to the military somehow, um, you'll know what MWR is. But they have some sort of like program 
where MWR gets sent or pays for yearly books that will come into the library. Um, everyone that I've seen so far has been paperback and they come directly from the publishers. A few of them that I have got have even said like um, advanced reader copy on them. But you can take these for free <laughs> if you were attached to the military library, obviously. Um, but you, you, these are just for free. And I have gone off and on over the last month to return books um, because obviously driving four and a half hours to check out books and stuff is not going to be an option for me anymore. Um, so I, as I was returning, I always check the shelf and the titles that I have been able to like add to my collection because of such an amazing like uh I uh, don't know what the word I'm trying to, to say, but uh, like, uh, words are hard, <laughs> but like such an amazing uh, thing that they're doing together, like they're working together to provide these to um, the military members and their spouses and their children. So if you have an attachment to a military um, library, I highly suggest going and asking if they have a shelf for free books. I don't know if this is just an overseas thing or not, so I would definitely ask. But I was able to get 14 different books. My library doesn't have a limit on how many you can take at one time. I was only taking like two or three at a time. So this has been a collection that I got over the last month and a half, I'd say. Um, so I'm sorry, Bianca, but I'm about to give you 14 different books. <laughs> And you just pick like three. <laughs> oh God! But they're all so good. <laughs> I was like so excited because like because our book list is already like twenty deep. <laughs> okay, okay. I'll give you. I'll, how about I'll give you. I'll give you five this time, and then I'll give you five next time. Okay. Okay. So what really amazed me is I got Happy Place by Emily Henry. Um, Night Birds by Kate J. Armstrong. Once Upon a Broken Heart by Stephanie Garber. Um, the E. Schwab's Galliant. And you get one more. Uh, I got The Girl Serpent Thorn by, don't even ask me how to say her name, Melissa. Yeah, sorry, Melissa. We'll make sure your name is spelled correctly in the show notes, but <laughs> Bashardost, Bashardost, I, I hope. But these are all like new books. Yeah. Like. Yeah, Once Upon a Broken Heart comes out next week, actually. Like that's not out yet? Isn't that the one that comes out next week? Once no, no, um, this is the one that um, I had bought another book in the series, and you were like, don't read that yet. Curse for True Love is the one that comes yeah. out next week. Okay. Um, but this one, yeah. So they're all paperback, and what makes it even better is most of these are my favorites. They're floppy. Yay! But yes, um, so huge shout out. If you are a person that has access to those libraries, I highly recommend checking with your library and seeing because like I said those are all like brand like I almost bought happy place and it was on the shelf for like 17 books 17 books 17 dollars or something 
I don't know. It's fairly new. Yeah, Happy Place came out this summer. Yeah. I'm still on the wait list on Libby for it. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, I know Galliant's been out for a little bit, but it's also a new book. They're all, like, books that I love I Galliant. That was one of my favorite reads last year. I thought you did, but it's all books. And if I went and purchased, they came out in like 2022 or 2023 and they would cost me full price. Yeah. I was very, very excited. Um, the night birds, I actually had almost just bought. And then I was like, you're moving. Stop. And then I got it for free. <laughs> very, very. Yeah. So thank you. And if you are able to go check out that program, because I, I finally ask, I, the, the shelf has been there forever, like since we've got here, you know, I, I was, we were at that uh, base in Germany for two years. Um, and I finally asked the other day, cause my friend is one of the librarians. I was like, Hey Maddie, like, how does this work? Like, because I know this is not the shelf where like we can bring in books and share with it. Cause there is another shelf, like where you can take your books in and you just put them on the shelf and people are free to take them. Um, and she was like, Oh, so it's like, the publishers work with MWR and she's like, to be honest, I don't know if MWR pays for them or if it's just that you have to be attached to an MWR to receive these books from a, from a publisher. But she said they just come in in like boxes by the dozens and we put so many out on the shelf at a time and we go from there. So, yeah. Thank you. Thank you to the publishers and MWR. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, if you want, you can follow me on Instagram. I am mm -hmm. at style and freak there. Um, also follow our podcast. We are bells with books pod on Instagram. Mm -hmm. You can also find me on TikTok. I'm at style and freak on TikTok and follow our podcast on the TikTok. We are bells W books pod. <laughs> on TikTok. TikTok, TikTok screwed me. I don't know why it <laughs> I did not do this. I did not do this. And thank you to all the new followers. Um, I've noticed like every time I log into TikTok, we have like another new follower and another new yeah. follower. Yeah, welcome so new followers. You. Yeah, welcome new followers. Um, I am in the midst of coming up with. We had a giveaway um on Instagram, so pay attention to our TikTok. We are going to have some sort of um smaller um giveaway soon as well just to kind of like get more people coming to the tiktok pretty much um on instagram and tiktok which is where i am comfortable with people following me you can find me under at moms and nerd um i do share some book content and you do as well on your tiktok don't you yeah i watch your stuff and i don't remember um, and then we're trying to jointly, when we can remember, share book content on our um, Bells with Books podcast. But we really appreciate you being here, always listening to our opinions and coming back. Um, anything else you want to share with the lovely people? Have fun this spooky season. That's what I want yes, to say. Yes, have fun, stay safe, and always keep reading. Bye.